This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. excited this week. Those that, that do know me will know. Those that don't know me, um, I was waiting for the year of January to end. As that's now passed, as that's now gone, we can celebrate February together. Oh, the relief, I tell you. I don't know why, it's just that month for me. Just just January. Mm. It just, I don't know how many days it's got, but it's definitely different to the rest. But the good news is it's February. So that's it. I'll stop moaning about it now for an entire year. You're all right. Don't miss January next year, though. All right. Don't don't use it as your excuse not to come. <laughs> but th- this morning, I wanted to have a look at, um, at a parable or two parables, really, that have the same meaning. And I was hoping that we might just see something this morning, perhaps that we've not seen before. Um, I've looked through these parables before um, and I, a few years ago, the Lord opened my eyes to something that I hadn't seen, and I've shared that with you. And of course, those that were here will all remember that. Yeah? <laughs> Just a whole lot of vacant looks there. Very disappointing. If I've rolled my sleeves up, it means I'm only going to be 55 minutes, all right? Pardon? <laughs> no, 55 minutes, Colin, all right? <laughs> But uh, hopefully we can have a look here and and we're going to see something that perhaps we've not seen before. And the reason that um, I guess I get excited in February is because the spring is really close. In fact, if you look hard enough, there are the odd daffodil or there is the odd daffodil that uh, has a nice flower. Has anybody spotted these? There you go, you see. They're they're my favourite flower on planet Earth. Um, And that's, well, it references my nana every time. Uh, they were her favourite flower, and now I, they, they just, they are wonderful. And, and as I look at them, I think of all the good stuff and all the nice things and the fact that spring is coming. But I, I don't know whether you know, or I'm sure you do, that spring brings about opportunity. Doesn't it? I feel like you're almost with me this morning. It was like the worship. We were almost there during the first song or so. And then all of a sudden, you sort of got it, and it was like, yeah, let's worship. Yeah, well, uh, you're almost there. Is there anybody in? Hello? Hello? Spring brings about opportunity. It's a time for plants and animals to grow and to multiply, to increase in size and number. And I guess really it's the right mix of sunshine and showers. The right mix of that warm sun and that spring-like rain that gives life. And And I guess... For, for you and I, it's not too dissimilar because we can see, can't we, perhaps if you have got this morning those glasses on that allow you to see opportunity. Sometimes we have those glasses on that you, doesn't allow you to see anything. There are days like that, aren't there? Usually a Monday morning. <laughs> you get up and you, your eyes are just covered. All you can see is just noise. And you're like, oh, I just need some help. But here this morning, I'm hoping that we can stick those uh, the right lenses on this morning and we can see opportunity in front of us. And that really is the word that I want to focus on. Look at that. It's almost as though we planned it. 
we're hopefully going to have a look at the opportunity that we see here in these two parables. Um, Let me just read them again. Not that John didn't read them well enough, but because they're so short, I'll squeeze them in. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value... He went away and sold everything he had and brought it. Now, both of the parables have what seems to be the same meaning. And and in the first instance, let me just explain that a parable, essentially, as Jesus told them, is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Okay, that's as simple as it is. It's an earthly story. But in that is a heavenly meaning for, for you and I to apply to our daily lives. And as we see from both of these chaps, that they were both opportunists. I guess the first one particularly, he's an opportunist that comes across some kind of hidden treasure. He finds it in a field. I guess this field was probably for sale. Uh, Back in those days, it made sense to hide your money if you've got excess. Apparently, you can have excess. Apparently. But what you can do is hide that money. Uh, These guys would hide their money in fields, their own fields. And then as and when they needed it, they could go and get it. But it was safe, you see, because only they knew where it was hidden. But I guess for this guy, he's perhaps hidden his treasure in a field. And then time has taken its toll. This guy's probably passed away. And now all of a sudden, the field is just a field that's up for sale. Bringing truth to the to the uh, saying, you can't take it with you. Yeah? (laughs) Bringing truth to the saying that you cannot take it with you. And here, this guy now finds himself in a field. He finds some treasure, and I like the fact that he doesn't just pinch it. Anybody else like that? You can tell he's not a Yorkshire lad. I said the right thing there, John. I said the right thing, almost. But you see, what he did was he he hid the treasure again and he went and sold everything that he had got in order to buy that field. He deemed that what was hidden in that field was worth giving everything else up for. He deemed that it was far greater than anything he had. So he went away and sold the lot so that he could go and buy this field. And... You know, it's exactly the same with the second one. This guy is a a businessman, he's a merchant, and he is looking for fine pearls. And again, the opportunity arises that he sees a pearl of great value. And he decides, well, there's only one thing for it. Everything that I've got, I'm going to flog it. And I'm going to go back, and I'm going to go and buy this pearl of great value. So he went away, it says in verse 46, and sold everything that he had in order to buy it. Everything he had and brought the pearl. So what do they mean? You see, they both start in the same manner. The kingdom of heaven is like, verse 44 and verse 45, look, the kingdom of heaven is like. And Jesus is explaining to those around that would listen, those around that would listen, it's the same for you and I today, 
listen. Because if we don't listen, we miss it. He was explaining that the kingdom of heaven is there for us to grab hold of. The kingdom of heaven is there for each of us to grab with both hands. And I guess as we start to just unlock that a little bit this morning, that really as Jesus tells those around about him, about this opportunist and about this merchant, that we, you and I today, as these people did, had the opportunity to grab truth and life with both hands. Now that sounds like something that we definitely do. People like the truth. We might not get it very often. They'll dig there at, uh, well, all sorts of governmental things. But of course, not, not anything to do with any of us. But the truth is that we might not always get the truth. We like the truth. And the truth is, too, that in that, I know that we all like life. I shan't ask you to stick your hand up and say, who doesn't like life? Because that could un- unlock a whole world of pain for us. But, <laughs> but you see, here, we find out, in this instance, that we have an opportunity to grab hold of something that's far better, far greater, worth more value than perhaps anything that we have. Or perhaps anything that we could ever think we could possibly gain or buy or try and attain. And Jesus is saying here that the kingdom of heaven, eternal life, the truth that we know as the gospel, is worth giving everything up for. It's worth putting it all before God and it's worth saying this is my entire life. I put it before you, you have your way. God's saying through uh, through us here that actually that what we need to do is learn to put him first in everything we do. Now, if I ask the question, and you're not going to answer because it's rhetorical, and John taught us that a couple of weeks ago. Didn't you, John? That's rhetorical. <laughs> you see, what we have to do is put the mind, put our minds into gear. And if I said to you that you need to put God first, your answer in your heart of hearts might be, I try. Your answer might be in your heart of hearts, he absolutely is first in everything. Your answer also might be in your heart of hearts, why would I put God first? What's he ever done for me? Now you're not going to share those things with me, and at this point I wouldn't expect you to, because there's lots of other people listening. God tells us that we are to put him first. And he doesn't just do that so that we blindly, I guess, in in the world's eyes, stupidly put him first. He actually tells us that we should put him first. And here's the reason why. Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33. It will be up on the screen anyway. But let me uh, read it to you. And if you've got your Bibles, have a look at it. It comes on the end of a, a little portion where Jesus is saying, do not worry. If you're an underliner or a highlighter, it is an entire section to highlight. I have to turn to this regularly because we have to recognize and realize that God's in control. But verse 31, he says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God's saying, look, I know. I've got it. There's never a point when I haven't got it. I I know what you need. I understand. 
So don't worry about those things because I know about them. And then it says, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You see how simple it is. But we strive after so much, don't we? Blimey, hello. We strive after so much and we find ourselves going for the next thing and going for the next thing. And this is what I've got to do. This is what I've got to attain. This is what I've got to achieve. This is how it's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do today. This is what I'm going to do tomorrow. And God says, no, stop doing things like that. Put me first in everything you do. And all those things that you're tripping over yourself for, all those things that I'm tripping over myself for, all those things I'm striving for, God says, you'll get those as well. Just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and all the other things will be added unto you. Verse 34, therefore, and what a verse this is. That this uh, Part of my dad's testimony, this, that it changed his life because he's a worrier as well. That's where I get it from. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What truth that is. Oh, I can stay awake all night worrying about tomorrow. When God says, no, don't worry about tomorrow, I've got it in hand. Just worry about now. Just focus on me. Just accept that I'm God, that I'm in control, and all the other things are going to be added to you. Just focus on me. He tells us there so clearly, seek him first. And we have that promise and assurance that God's going to do the rest. Oh, that we should choose life. And I guess, church, that we should have the opportunity to choose life. Back to that word. You see, you and I are being presented with opportunities every day. Now, I know, like you and like I am, that Monday morning brings about all sorts of different opportunities. We have opportunities to do things right. We have opportunities to do things wrong. We have opportunities to say the right thing, to do the right thing, but we also have an opportunity to say and do the wrong thing. But also, God puts things in front of us and says, okay, here is an opportunity. I want you to see what you can do with it. But it's what we do with those opportunities, I believe, that counts. You see, in this uh, passage of Scripture that we've seen, both men saw an opportunity One man saw an opportunity in hidden treasure in a field. Another man saw an opportunity in a fine pearl that he needed to get. Both of them took it with both hands, giving everything up for it. And I guess that's what my call is for you this morning. That as we understand what God has done for us, that as he sent Jesus Christ to take our place on the cross, to bear our sin and our shame, Christ there defeated sin and death and has therefore given us the opportunity to accept him as saviour. He's given us the opportunity at life. But too, for for those of us that have accepted Christ as saviour and we sort of go, well, this is what God's laid out for me and, and this is what it is and this is what I do. My question is this this morning, are we looking for the things that God's put in front of us? Are our eyes open to the opportunities that he's put there? Or are we just saying, well, this is what, this is what I've got, so I'm going to focus on that. This is, this is how it is, so this is what I'm going to do. Or are we going to say, no, okay, I want to see, I want to look, I want to take my eyes off perhaps things that are in front of me that are perhaps distracting me, and I want to see what opportunity 
God has got for me. You see, God gives us opportunities, I believe, all of the time. And it's what we do with that opportunity that I believe, too, is our gift to him. Think about that for a second. You see, because what we do with that opportunity, and, and we hand it back to God as our gift to him. You see, when opportunity arrives, and I'm a man that does both feet a lot of the time. Anybody else like jumping in with both feet? I mean, you read through scripture and Peter's the best at that. One of the disciples, Peter, he was a two feet kind of guy. If there was an opportunity, he would jump in, um, whether he thought about it or not. But you see, when opportunity arrives, we can jump on it and we can take it for what it is. And we just crack on with it. But the truth is that we do what we've always done. We, we take the opportunity and we do a bit with it because we're too scared to mess it up. We're too scared to get it wrong. We're too scared to step out of our comfort zone and we do just enough. You know, like the parable of the talents. When the master gives them a talent, one of the guys he gives one to and the guy goes and buries it. And then he gives the one talent back at the end. And he says, what on earth have you done? Nothing. He had the same opportunity as the next two guys. One was given five and he went away and doubled it. One was given uh, ten, uh, two and then four, I beg your pardon, and then five, and he went away and doubled it. You see, they all had the exact same opportunity, but not all of them did well with it. But if we start to view our response to opportunity as our gift to God, well, I believe it changes everything. I believe it has to change everything. Because all of a sudden we take the focus off it being you and me. What about if I mess it up? It's not about you. You with me? Is anybody with me? You see, because if we start viewing it like it's our gift to God, then we start putting what? Our all into it. And that's the key. Because if it's just for you and me, you're like I am. I know you are. I painted a bit of a bathroom ceiling yesterday just because there was a few little marks on it. And, and it was just good enough. Now, last week when I was painting here, it had to be a little bit better. Just because everybody gets to see it. There's only my wife to judge me harshly at home. There's lots of people here. And I went into the kitchen earlier and June chastised me, let me tell you. <laughs> but you see, we, we, we should put a little bit more effort into it. Not just say, oh, do you know it'll do? There's only me going to look at it. But actually go, you know what? This is for God. Everything that we do is for God. I'm going to take the focus off of me and I'm going to say, okay, you've given me this opportunity, God. So therefore, I'm going to give it my all because it's all for you. It's all about you. Amen. Oh, you're so close. Think about it like this. Everybody's got a table at home, haven't they? Beautiful, aren't they? You've all got different shapes and size tables. We've got a couple of tables, some of them nicer than others, I would say, some of them really nice. But you see, when I look through scripture, I don't see God going, there's a table. I don't see him going, there's a chair. I see God going, there's a tree and there's a lump of iron ore. Go and do something with it. Now, how ridiculous would it be if we all had logs in our front room. Some people may have. But the truth is, 
that we have an opportunity. God says, here is a tree. And when we look at that tree, we go, there's a table. There's a chair in there. There might even be a chopping board. You know, as I look at it, I I see a door. I see a work surface. I see something beautiful that I can bring back to God in thanks for what he's given to me. How stupid would it be to bury the tree and give him charcoal back? What a wasted opportunity. And it's very much exactly the same for you and I on our day-to-day walk. God puts opportunities in our lives and we have to take it with both hands and say, okay, God, I'm going to do what I can do with this. The very abilities and gifts that you've given to me, I'm going to bring glory to you by how I put my effort into it. What a difference that had made to our lives. And I'm not saying you don't do this because you might. I'm just saying I don't all the time. And you be the judge of you. But when we say this is an opportunity and it's a chance for me to give back to God for what he's given to me, what a difference it makes to our life. God gives us the raw materials and it's up to us to dream a little bit. To say, okay, I know what we can do here. We take the opportunity with both hands and we see what we can do. When God puts a tree in our life, we've got to imagine that there are things in that tree that are going to bring something to somebody, to someone, to to maybe a family that is in desperate need of help and support. Maybe we're given an opportunity to just give a little bit of time to somebody and say, no, I'm going to give that up because I want to help you. Because God's given everything to me. Why wouldn't I want to help you? That's how I started, because somebody cared enough to listen. And this is it, you see. When God gives us an opportunity, we need to view it in the sense that all that we have and we are going to give back to him, it's our gift back to God. And don't we want to give our best? Don't we want to give our best to a God who has held nothing back from you and me? He has given his very best and the best, his name is Jesus. And he said, here is my best, he's for you. And God gives us opportunities. And I'm saying at times, we go, oh, there's a tree. And you started with that. Think about it. We have an opportunity this morning to give back to God in a way where we say, God, this is our gift to you. That sweet aroma to our God and Savior's nostrils that says, no, these people know me, they love me, they care for me. Don't we want that? When God says, come in, my good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear. Not the chastising that the guy got for burying his talent. But rather for stepping up and saying, okay, let's do what we can do. My prayer is that we choose life. And my prayer too is that we dream big. Amen. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that it shows us and that it teaches us and that it encourages us to step out for you. Lord, I just pray this morning that as we go on this journey of life and we think just of the week ahead, that Father God, we might view the opportunities that are put in front of us. We might view them in such a sense that what we do with them is our gift back to you. That you might help us and strengthen us to take our focus off ourselves, but to focus on you. To know that you've given your very best so that, Lord, we might dig deep and give our best back to you. We're just so grateful for all that you do for us, Lord. And we can't begin to thank you enough for all that you've provided for us. And I just ask, Lord God, that you might just help us and strengthen us as your church. 
that you might build us up together and that you might encourage us to live this life for you the very best that we can. Father, this morning we want to tell you that we love you. But Father, we only know that that's possible because you first loved us. You loved us enough to give your best. And Father, as we just bring our praise and our worship to you again now, and as we fellowship together after the service, that Lord, you might just be with us. Let us know that you're amongst us. Bless us, we pray. We just praise your name this morning in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.